0: Hi everyone, and welcome to our online service for Infused Church today. My name's Gary, and it's great to be with you. And uh, thanks for tuning in uh, to today's message. Just want to let you know that uh, Jane and myself we care a great deal for all of you. We are praying for you. We believe in you, and we know that your greatest days are ahead of you. And just want to encourage you with that uh, this morning. Uh, I'm just going to pray for the message today. Uh, this being Resurrection Sunday, I'm not sure if you knew that. That uh, Jesus is risen. It's great cause for celebration. He's no longer in the grave. And uh, I really hope that uh, today you get a, a great deal out of this message. So I'm just going to pray for the message and then I'm going to launch uh, straight into it. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have risen. You have risen. And because you've risen, Lord, we can rise. Lord, we may be feeling a bit down. We may be feeling a bit uh, uh, low. But, Lord, today we can uh, know that you, you are the one that lifts us. Because you have risen, we can rise as well. And, Father, I thank you that this message inspires, it, it brings hope, it brings liberty, it brings freedom. It brings so much more than we could ever imagine. I pray that you'd anoint these words. Holy Spirit, take these words and use them powerfully in the wonderful name of Jesus today. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. I'm going to launch straight into uh, this message. Uh, I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 19 to 26. And this is what it says. It says, uh, "If, uh, if only for this life we have hope in Christ... We are, of all people, most uh, most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who've fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of god the father after he has destroyed destroyed all dominion authority and power for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet and it goes on to say that uh, the last enemy to be destroyed is death as we're looking at easter and we're in this series of talking about the importance of the cross Easter can mean so much to so many different people. Uh, Maybe that Easter's not even looking anything like it has in the past because of what's been happening globally. So what does Easter mean to you? Is it about Easter bunnies and chocolate and Easter egg hunts? Uh, Is it a day maybe where you get together with your family or historically for an Easter picnic? Or is it just simply a public holiday weekend where he just gets to have some time out for a few days? What does Easter mean to you? Why not just uh, in in the comments below just just type out some stuff. What does Easter mean for you? Easter is many things to many people. Uh, It's a time we remember the death and burial uh, on Good Friday. But today we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. That Christ is risen. Jesus rose from the grave never to die again. This is the very foundation of the gospel message. The good news is that we too have a hope for our future. Because he rose from the grave, we also have the hope of eternal life. So as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today, I pray the Holy Spirit speaks to us individually about our lives as well. Here's the thing. Years have gone by since the very first Resurrection Sunday, but the message applies today. When the early church began, Paul preached the message with passion and with fire. I mean, can you imagine it? Jesus has risen from the dead. This man was dead. He was in a grave. Now he's he's, 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 he's clearly been raised from the dead. Wouldn't that put a passion and and a fire in your belly as you spoke to people? Well, Paul certainly had that. But just as today, many that flatly deny that there ever was a resurrection. There are so many people that don't even believe that. Many say this couldn't happen or they say it's impossible. People try to come up with explanations about why it never happened. Some say uh, that uh, his body was stolen from the tomb or that he never died in the first place or that it was simply a myth. And some people today, it's not even important if we have a historical Jesus or not. It doesn't matter if he died on the cross or he never ever rose again. See, the truth is that some may never have placed a lot of importance on the resurrection. Sadly, some Christians don't as well. So in today's verses, Paul said believers were starting to deny the resurrection of Jesus. You know what, I think it's understandable if, if people that don't have a faith in Jesus or the, uh, what the Bible says that, that they don't believe in the resurrection. But I think that as Christians it's fundamental to our, our, our Christianity, our faith, that we understand that, that Jesus did uh, rise from the dead. Paul established the certainty of the resurrection by actually going back to the Old Testament prophets and saying it was actually foretold that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. Let's have a look at a couple of those. In Psalm 16, verse 10, the prophecy of the resurrection, we see it says that you will not abandon me. And David is talking. He says, you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your holy one, Jesus, see decay. Another Old Testament prediction is in Hosea, chapter 6, verse 2. It says that after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he'll restore us, that we may live in his presence. And this refers, of course, to Jesus. One of the earliest hints of the resurrection is found in the book of Job. Job, chapter 19, verses 25 to 26. It says... And this is a classic song. Many Christians uh, grew up knowing this song. It's a powerful song when you get a whole group of people singing this. It says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. See, even Job uh, back years ago before Christ knew that there was going to be a good ending in sight. Little Johnny. Little Johnny had been promised a new puppy for his eighth birthday. Uh, He had a tough time choosing uh, one of the dozen puppies that were available for adoption. Then finally, he decided on one ordinary, shaggy puppy whose tail was wagging furiously. His mum said, why did you choose that one? And Johnny said, well, I wanted one with a happy ending. Dad joked, sorry. In the resurrection of Jesus... God offers a happy ending. The resurrection was so important to Paul's preaching that he wanted to point out the people who had seen Jesus for themselves after they rose from the dead. And in his writings, you can see that other parts of the Bible in the New Testament say that in Luke 24, verse 34, tells us that, uh, that Jesus was seen, first of all, by Peter. Then in Luke 24, verses 40 and 51, Jesus was seen by over 500 people all at once in Galilee. Jesus appeared to James individually on his own and also to all of the disciples and then again at his ascension to heaven. He was seen by Paul in his conversion experience on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. So why is the resurrection so important? Why did Paul go to great lengths? Why does the Bible have its prophetic words that point towards the resurrection? Why is it so important? Why was the resurrection so important? And why is it important to us today? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 13 to 14 say, and Paul says, If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ hasn't been raised... Our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. In verses 17 to 18, it says that if Christ hasn't been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. He was saying this. Does it make sense for us to put up with all of the persecution All of the hardship, all of the flack that we seem to get, that we go through, if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead. In in verse 19 of our passage, it says, And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But do you know what the truth is? That Jesus did raise rise from the grave. He lives just like he said he would. Jesus did rise again. He guarantees that we will rise again too. Jesus is the first of all who will rise from the dead. He guarantees our, our, our resurrection at his second coming. The doctrine of Christ's death and resurrection is the foundation of, of, the, of, of Christianity. Christianity. Remove this and everything else falls apart and all our hopes of eternity sink with it also. So let me ask you a question. Do you have the faith to believe in the resurrection life? Do you really believe about it? There's a story told, it's a true story. The first two Scottish missionaries sent to the New Hebrides Islands were killed and eaten by cannibals on the day that they arrived. After that, it proved difficult to find missionary volunteers. It's not a great job description, is it, really, if you think about it. So it's not hard to understand why they tried to uh, find it hard to to fill or get people to go to this particular island. But even when John G. Patton agreed to go, he stepped up. Well-meaning people in the church tried to put him off, tried to dissuade him. One elderly man warned that he would be eaten by cannibals. And Patton replied, "I confess to you, sir, that if I had been if I can but live and die serving and honoring the Lord Jesus, it will make no difference to me whether I am eaten by cannibals or by worms. And in the great day, my resurrection body will arise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen redeemer. Do you know what? After fifteen years of fruitful ministry, almost everyone on the island of Aniwa, where Patton ministered, Was saved. They were converted to Christianity and today they uh, are enjoying the fruits of that life. Serving God is no guarantee of an easy life, church, but we are called to a life of service, and even if it means giving up everything. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 says Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any man comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. See, the thing I love about this is that Jesus doesn't condemn us for our lack of understanding or even our hesitancy to believe. He's patient to help us to figure this out. He did this for one of his own disciples in Thomas. John chapter 20, verses 24 to 29 says, One of his disciples, the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told Thomas, We've seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand in the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, Jesus said. Then he turns to Thomas and says, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas says. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And do you know what? We're a part of that last group that Jesus spoke about. We're in that group that believe without having seen Jesus. Did Thomas finally believe? Absolutely. We read there that Thomas said to Jesus, my Lord and my God. So do we have difficulty in believing? We say Christ died for our sins and according to the scriptures that he was buried, he rose again on the third day, he was seen by many people and he ascended to heaven. But do we really understand this and believe it in our own experience this morning? How do we know for sure that Jesus lives? And I've got to say, it's sure because of all the eyewitnesses that we have already looked at in in this passage today. Peter and the disciples. Then there was over 500 others. Paul on the road to Damascus. They all testify to us today that Jesus is alive. He he has risen. He's changed people. Peter, who'd often put his foot in his mouth when he spoke, gets up and he preaches under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 people are saved. The disciples then are the embryo of the early church, and we live in today what they started over 2,000 years ago. Saints, knowing what Jesus did, that he took our sin, that he died in our place, and that he rose from the dead, it's a game-changer. When we come to Christ, we are changed people. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Uh, the old has gone and the new has come. And we, we will know that the guilt of our sin has been lifted and that we've been forgiven. I've, I've talked to many people who've, who've uh, come to, to Christ. They say that there's something that's been lifted. The weight has gone from their shoulders. There's no longer any guilt or shame. Because the Bible even tells us that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that we will know for a certainty that Jesus lives today because there's a physical difference in us. There's a spiritual difference in us, most certainly. Jesus said that he would send his Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. I love this verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You know what, as I wrap this message up, the, Bible message, the Message Bible states it this way. In Romans chapter 8, verses 11 to 14, it says this. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the all-alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does... As surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all, the writer says. He says, the best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. There's a story told in, uh, on the 27th of February 1991 during the Desert Storm War. Uh, a woman by the name of Ruth Dillow received the worst call of her life. Her son, Clayton Carpenter, private first class, had stepped on a landmine and had died. For the next three days she grieved. No one could comfort her. Then on the third day, after receiving the terrible news, the telephone rang. On the other end of the phone, there was a voice that said, Mum, it's me. I'm alive. At first, she thought it was someone playing a cruel joke. But as the conversation continued, she realised it was her son. Later, she she said she, she laughed, she cried, she rejoiced, because what seemed to be a hopeless situation turned out to be the greatest day of her life and that's what the news from a graveyard can do for us when we place our faith in Jesus Christ it can be the greatest day of our life today is resurrection Sunday it can be the greatest day of our life a day of celebration like with all celebrations could I ask you today who would you tell today that Jesus is not dead but he's alive who would you tell Who would you go and talk to? Who would you email? Who would you text? Who would you get on social media and go live with to tell that Jesus is alive, that he's risen? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that today we walk in the newness of the Spirit of God. We walk in the newness of life that you provided for us. We are not like we were of old. We are new creations. We've been born again by the Spirit of God. We know that you are right, have risen from the dead, Lord. We thank you that Good Friday is gone. The grave is gone. We thank you that there's newness of life. And I pray that everyone who's listening to this message, everyone who's watching this message right now, would experience the, the presence of the Holy Spirit to confirm with them that this is true. This is right. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He's alive forevermore. And because He lives, we can live. And we can live in the fullness of His Spirit. And We pray that you'd come alive in us again lord rekindle the flame rekindle the the fire and the passion in our lives so that we can see amazing things happen i pray in jesus name that this is the greatest day of our life that is until tomorrow when tomorrow will be the greatest day of our life as well and i pray that in jesus name you know what maybe you don't know jesus maybe you've never accepted him to be your lord and savior maybe you don't know what i'm talking about about this resurrection life but you want to explore it. You want to give your heart to Jesus today. How about you pray this prayer? I'm just going to pray this prayer and you pray along with me, but mean it from your heart. For the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth, sorry, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we shall be saved. Because salvation is in no other name than the name of Jesus. So pray this prayer with me if you want to receive Christ today. Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking, but by faith I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. I'm ready to trust you as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Saviour. Amen. Folks, if you prayed that for the first time... Uh, we'd love to help to launch you in your new life with Christ. We've got some materials we'd love to get into your hands. If you just put down in the comments below how we can contact you, we'll make sure that we get those, those materials into your hands. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to being a new, a new creation, someone who never existed before this very moment, if you prayed that for, for the very first time. Well, folks, thanks for joining us online today. Don't forget to check out our kids program and our youth program online. I'm sure that uh, uh, they'll bless your kids uh, immensely. If you don't know how to get access to that material, let us know again in the comments below and we'll make sure that uh, you're provided with the information to be able to access that material. Can I encourage you, even as uh, uh, things are happening in our community where there's lockdown and, and social is- uh, isolation and things of that nature, don't stop reaching out and connecting with the people around about you. Just take a moment right now. Think of three people that you know, three people. Why not at the end of this message, give them a ring. Say hello. Find out how they're doing. if there's any needs that they may be able may have that you're able to meet. Phone people, text people, social message, uh, like social media, uh, uh, use that to get into contact with people. And let them know that you simply you care about them, you love them, and you just had them on your heart today. Don't forget to like uh, uh, the uh, us below and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Why not leave a comment about what you liked best or what you got out of that really impacted you the most from today's message. Until next time, keep doing the right thing. Keep a social distance from others, but don't disconnect from people. Stay healthy. Know that God loves you. We care about you. We are praying for you every night. At 7 p.m., Jane and I get together and we are praying specifically for you. If you have a prayer need, let us know about it. Go to our website. You can put in a prayer request on our website. We'll get that. We'll be praying for it. We're starting to get together a prayer team that's going to make sure that we are praying for you specifically. So like I say, most, uh, most Sundays at Infused Church, I'll finish up with this, this, uh, just a, this encouragement to you, that you've been lit up to light up. Now go and shine the greatest for Jesus. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next time.